morning. Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Big news. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not Only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise. But it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery we're in there answering your questions in the dms as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other it's incredible it's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other it's so good the ha society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery no matter what stage you're at whether you have ha We've got a few recovery periods, we have your back, and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join, and the link is in the show notes for you. Okay, on with the show. Ignore the baby. Ignore the baby crying. She's just getting dressed. She doesn't like getting dressed. But here's my big news. She's 16 months old. I can finally, officially drink from my mug. Because my postpartum period is here. 
Hey guys, welcome back to the channel. I'm so excited to be doing this particular episode today. I am gonna be talking to you about my postpartum period recovery. It's been a huge day already. I've been deep into writing the protein module of our holistic hypothalamic amenorrhea practitioner course that Ashley and I are launching in March. If you are interested at all in becoming a recovery coach as well, or learning everything that there is to know about being able to help women in recovery, this course is gonna be fire. I'm so just like pumped up and full of energy from just having written that module today. And I'm currently working on like doing one to two of them a week in the lead up to when it launches in March, it's gonna be full on. And then I have to record a bunch of the audio Ash and I are doing together. A big chunk of it is going to be all audio based, like an audio book based class so that people can listen on the go. Cause you know how like with a course you buy, you, if it's a video based, you're gonna like, you have to find time to sit down and watch these videos. Oh, no. So we made it like a, it's 80, 90% audio based that you can do your own pace and then there's only live classes for like info sessions or something that really needs to be taught live like the fertility awareness charting stuff so about the practitioner course guys it's gonna be the first of its kind the other hormone certifications i feel like they don't even they barely even touch it sometimes the ones i've done sometimes they don't even say the words amenorrhea they'll just be like lost cycles so i just believe that this course that we're working on is just going to be huge for the industry. So I hope that you are interested in being a part of the beta version because it's gonna be fire. It's going to be fire. But I digress. Today, I wanna to talk to you about my period. All right, I have done a video in the past about postpartum periods in general, uh, the research, what to do, how to kind of look at your postpartum period. Um, is it taking too long to come back? Like what things should you consider? All of which I took on board in my own journey. So I will link that video below. If I forget to, you know, it's in my playlist somewhere, postpartum recovery. But here is what happened to me. So it might be a fair assumption to think that like, I am so far through this whole recovery thing. I coach on it, yada, yada, that it would be have been a non-issue and that my period would have come back immediately. But no, that is not reality at all. So I'm gonna start with telling you about my postpartum and first year as a baby mama. So the delivery, right? I have a whole episode on that. If you at all are interested, I gave birth extremely sick with a certain very well-known virus. I developed chorioamnitis and pneumonia. <laughs> So I was super duper sick and I still had a totally natural birth. Well, sorry, that's not true. I mean, a vaginal birth. I totally used the epidural. I was so sick. I was like, give me that, give me that right now. I was also alone for my experience. So I think, I truly think that going into that very much affected at least the first three to six months of my postpartum. I didn't have postpartum depression or blues, but I certainly recovered slower and I think my body just really took a hit and I was just super nutrient depleted. I had lost a lot of weight. It was just a tough thing for my body to go through. And so knowing that I have a very sensitive body, it's not at all surprising that I'm just like intensely nutrient deprived at that point. Then I like had this newborn baby and no support network. My family live in Australia, I live in Texas and my husband's family live in California. So it was just us. Yes, we have friends, but we're like not very good at asking our friends for help. And it's also just like not a big part of 
culture these days, people just think that they need to parent on their own. And as much as I know that that's not true, it's really hard to act differently, right? And ask for help. So it was just me and Jake. And I also run this business. And although I took a big step back, I still needed to be present, right? Like this is my other baby. And I just never had a break. So it was like, go, go, go. I definitely did some things that I know don't fully serve me as a way to get through. Like some things that don't serve me in some areas that did serve me in other areas. Like coffee. (laughs) First thing in the morning after being sleep deprived and just like the baby needs to eat. Like when you are breastfeeding and pumping, you get up and the first thing you need to do is pump or feed. And the last thing you need to do in the day is pump or feed. And it's really exhausting. And this expectation that you can just like get up and make breakfast for yourself and take it slow and do some journaling and like see the sunshine. Yeah, it's no, just no. I used to be that person. Like I used to love those things. And having this baby, I just was tired. I had never sat on my couch as much as I did for the first six months of my baby's life. Maybe the first 10 months because I breastfed all the way through till 10 months, which we'll get to. So I just really changed like as a person. I was more tired. I was more consumed by my kid and all of that makes perfect sense. But it just meant that I wasn't eating quickly. I was still using a lot of caffeine to kind of get through. And quite frankly, I did that all the way for the first 10 to 11 months of her life. I didn't incorporate exercise for quite some time. So I started training again at a gym with an Olympic weightlifting team when she was nine months old. And I was breastfeeding less at that point. She was eating more solids and things. So I was significantly breastfeeding less. And so I didn't have to have as much of my time and energy taken up. So it was really like a give and take scale where if I have to breastfeed this much, I was more tired. As I was able to do that less and less, I was able to have more and more room for looking after myself better. So I went to that gym and I started training one to three times a week on average two. And it's still that way, actually. I took it really slow. I'm still taking it really slow. I'm nowhere near the intensity or weights that I used to do and probably will never do that again anyways. Not my intention, but my intention was to have a social interaction. I talk about this in a video or two ago. I just don't want to lose the skill of weightlifting. So that's where we're at, right? Postpartum, really intense, took a really long time just to get some more time and space and energy to be able to look after myself better. And as a result, I was not eating until like, I don't even know, maybe like eight or nine in the morning, even though I was getting up really early with my kid and still do. She will not sleep in past 5.30. Yeah, I'm just, just doing it tough. <laughs> it's really doing it tough. Because of this, I had a hunch, a sneaking suspicion that my cycle may not take the minimum amount of time. <laughs> my, my cycle might take a while to come back. We know that through the research that average of six weeks is how long it takes someone fully weaned to get their period back. Many people get their period back while still breastfeeding um, and many need six or more weeks. And I knew that I would be in that more spectrum because I am super sensitive, y'all. I lose my period at the slightest weight loss. I get delays, luteal phase challenges at any kind of sign of stress. It's always really been kind of tough for me, but 
I knew that because I had lost weight in pregnancy, even though I had gained it back, that combined with nutrient depleted state I was in from pregnancy and from childbirth. And then also because I hadn't been eating, fueling, resting, obviously like sleep, it wasn't that good either for the first six months, but those were all going to be contributing factors to my period taking longer for me to get. That being said, I had made a plan. At the end of 10 months, my baby being 10 months old, I weaned the last drop of milk, fully weaned. And that was when I determined that the six week clock will begin. And I decided that that six week clock was the period of time where I do not need to worry too much about making significant lifestyle changes yet. If six weeks comes and goes and I do not see positive progress signs of a period coming, I need to dig deeper. You know, I came from a perspective of what would I tell a person who inquired with me? What would I tell a listener or someone to do, right? If you're not feeling like you're in a state where you can just suddenly make all these changes, like eating in a certain way and you know, ch making changes to your coffee intake, like you're just a bit anxious about doing that. You don't really want to, right? Like I just didn't want to, I had no energy. I gave myself six weeks. Six weeks came and it went nothing, nada, not a drop of cervical mucus, I started taking my temperatures, I saw my temperature was quite low, all stuff that it wasn't surprising to me. I had a feeling that I might be looking like that on the chart. So I kind of knew when six weeks came that some big changes needed to happen. So what I did was I approached this at a make one to two changes at a time, see what's working, what's not, and add or pivot my plan as I go, just like I would with a client. Here's the thing, this can be really tough emotional stuff. Like you don't wanna change your whole life. You don't wanna have to gain more weight. You don't wanna have to work out less. You don't have to eat first thing in the morning. You're not hungry. Like it's just all these things you just don't wanna do, right? I have a lot of compassion for that for people, but I think that we give ourselves more outs than we would give to others. Would I allow a client to treat themselves this way? Would I allow a client to say, I do not deserve to look after myself in this way. I am too addicted to coffee to look after myself in this way. No, I wouldn't, right? So it was really easy for me, having gone through HA recovery a couple of times myself and now being at this point and working with all these women, it's so much easier to say, what would Coach Danny say? And it was really hard to not be in integrity with what you would say to someone else. So a little like tip for you is even though you don't have a coach or you may not be a coach, imagine you have like an imaginary coach or, or just like, what would I say to you, right? Like if you came to me with this problem and you're like, hey, question for you, what do you think I would say? <laughs> do that, right? It's really hard to not act in integrity with that thing. So that's what I did. And that allowed me to push through the discomfort and the, I don't really want to, or they, maybe I'll just wait another week or two. No, you've already waited a week or two and it didn't work. You're not seeing any signs of progress. Your temperatures are low. You have no mucus. You have a hunch what this could be. So go down that route. So the first things I did was I changed my coffee consumption down from three to one cup. And I made sure that I was only having that after I had had food. And at the same time, I made sure that I was eating breakfast first thing in the morning. So those were the very first changes that I made. And lo and behold, I did see my first signs of cervical mucus. They were teeny tiny, but I did see them. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna like keep trucking. And I went another two weeks and nothing more actually happened. I didn't really get more mucus from that. So I realized in that point that I saw a very small sign of progress. I saw that this was 
something that my body was asking for, but it was asking for more. So I ate more. I realized that as my baby had started to eat food, I was basically just like eating her food with her, which is a classic mum move. You don't feed yourself, you only feed them, and you just eat your kids' scraps. Classic. I did that. So I realized, no, 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 I need my own meal. So I started cooking myself a substantial meal as well and eating with her. And you know, that's something I had been meaning to do anyway, because it was important to me that my daughter grow up seeing her mom eat a substantial meal. So it was a really big, important wake up call for me to be like, you know what, just she's absorbing more than you know, and you're putting her first, but by not putting yourself first, you're not really putting her first. So like, we'll just get the act together. So I got the act together, started doing that. And I saw another little bit of cervical mucus, but really just, just really not a lot. And my temperatures were still low. They were weren't coming up. And that being said, I was having disrupted sleep because of my daughter. So the temperature readings weren't fully accurate, but they were quite low. And I think that with disrupted sleep, I see more often the temperatures are more high. So uh, like if it's the wake up itself causing the issue, they usually present more high, but they were still presenting low. So it was a real sign to me that metabolism is low and things aren't looking so super good. My body is like tired. Okay. So then the next change I made was exercise and went back down from the three days and started only doing one to two, lifting really light intensity, barely finishing my program, honestly. And this was partially because I just didn't really feel like training either. I don't, I don't train particularly diligently. <laughs> It's just like, I have so many other things that I'm interested in doing that it just pulls me away a lot of the time. So here's where things really make a huge shift for me. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA, and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, 
which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. I got to a point where I was able to say wholeheartedly, I have a lot of this under control. I have exercise under control. I am eating enough. I'm eating frequently enough. I'm snacking. I'm sleeping sufficiently as well as I absolutely can. And I'm not overtraining. So what the heck is going on with this desert that I have going on down in my oh, I feel so bad for my video editor. <laughs> okay, then it was time for vacation and I took a solo trip to Switzerland. Not everyone can do that. I actually just had flight credits that needed to use that were going to expire and they, it was Iberian Airlines so I had to go to Europe. So I got an Airbnb in Geneva, Switzerland and just like hung out in Geneva, took day trips out to beautiful places in Switzerland like Interlaken and Bern and things like that. And just like had the, I was by myself, you know? I was sleeping. I was just like, I walked a lot actually. I walked a ton because I was like sightseeing and stuff. It wasn't really even a food trip for me. I just had like my breakfast, lunch and dinner. I think I ate at a restaurant like one time. I just was really into this like little like Swiss grocer and getting these like organic fancy foods and like it was just it was a lot of fun I didn't really do the restaurant thing I walked a lot like I still ate and followed my rules but I wouldn't say that it was like some culinary trip where I ate in excess of calories but what was interesting was cervical mucus picked up a lot on that trip about three days in and that was the sign that I think I needed that was the one that was hardest to listen to coach Danny about and that was the hardest to sort of convince myself I should do which is wow I really have too much on my plate I really am relaxing and if it takes a solo European adventure trip to get my central nervous system to calm down and my, my hormones to set in motion I need to menstruate that's a problem like that was a problem the fundamentals were in check but clearly stress and overwhelm was still an issue for me we are at this point she's 13 months old and I uh, still not got my period back. Looking back at all of this, you know, very little to none of this has to do with body image or had to do with significant fear of weight gain. Was that there? Little yeah. Like was I happy sort of just coasting, feeling like I'm not, you know, actively eating all this food and, and being more sedentary than I used to be? Like, yeah, of course that was more comfortable for me. But for the most part, I was just like a tired, rundown mom with her own business and a consulting job on, that she also had going on. So I had to look at that and really try to, to evaluate, like, am I putting more on my plate than my body can handle? So that was the final thing was coming home and taking a number of weeks to figure out how I can live a life that is conducive to having the space 
to menstruate. Like that, that's how, that's honestly how it went. I have all these fundamentals in check. My temperatures at this point are back up. They're where they need to be, okay? I get back from the trip and mucus picks up a lot, like a lot, a lot. I have not had a client ever tell me or report this much mucus to me. I was changing my underwear multiple times a day. It was not cool. Like it was not cool. I'm trying to get stuff done in my day. This is like a problematic amount of mucus. The whole, so for like two straight months, this has happened, okay? She's like 15 months old. Two straight months, mucus, mucus, mucus. Every single day is like peak mucus. Every single day it's like, I must be ovulating today or tomorrow. Like surely, right? And it just kept coming. At a certain point, I was like, okay, I'm now having like PCOS level, estrogen dominance level mucus, but it doesn't make sense because I don't know, period. My intuition, my hunch is still telling me, of course, like you have HA, this is this is typical for you. Now it took a really long time to get the process to start back up again. So at this point I'm seeing tons of mucus and my temps are back up, things are looking normal again, but I'm still not seeing period. What is the deal? Curious again about the stress thing, right? Because I had come home and made some changes to my stress. I had felt a lot more relaxed. I had now been consistently eating a lot better now for quite a few months. So I think the compounding effect of all of the actions I was taking were finally seeing the benefits and the results from that, but I just wasn't ovulating. So I ended up getting really, really stressed out again with work. Like this whole thing happened and I was just having like mental breakdowns, feeling like I had to get everything done. I have to keep this house clean. We're moving house. I opened an Airbnb right when I got back from the trip. I had a whole bunch of new clients coming in. Ashley and I, we've been working on this course like just tons going on and I was just like like having like a nervous breakdown at some point I was like this is just too much I'm just super stressed my calendar Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday every single day I had meetings like and I was trying to make my life work for everyone else I was having client calls and stuff all the time I never had like a assault like a day where I got to like be off the computer or and if I did I would have my daughter the whole time so like I never got like time to myself to have space to like breathe and go out and like go to the shops or do something to just do anything like I was just always like go 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 and if I have a spare moment I should probably be checking emails or I should probably be doing something like that achieves something so I had to reach that that point of frustration like factor for me so I actually resigned from the other job um like this consulting job that I had going on which was a really big financial decision but I can see that it was impacting my health and I had to come to terms as well with this idea that my personality and all that I want to achieve is different to my body and my body has a different personality and has a different agenda and it can only achieve so much and that just has to be okay so I made some huge changes to work and I now only meet with clients Wednesday Thursday Thursday, Friday and some on Saturday morning and I have Monday Tuesday to like actually think and actually complete tasks and like work on our certification and work on the restore program that we have and like bake bread I make a lot of bread <laughs> and work on DIY projects and build things around the house and stuff that brings me a whole lot of joy and then it was about three weeks into that that I ovulated <laughs> So I had made a doctor's appointment to get some labs tested. And because I was like concerned about all this mucus, like do I have PCOS now? Do I have something else going on? You know, I go through all the same emotions as, as all my clients do, but I kept my head down and I kept to the plan and I kept 
reevaluating and I kept making changes until I saw the result I needed. I think that in the end, all of it was important. The stress piece, removing work from my plate, delegating to other people, literally quitting a job and condensing meeting frequencies was huge for me and eating more food alone wasn't going to be the thing that worked for me or at least that worked very quickly. Eventually I may have gotten a period but the actual cycle itself will definitely be suboptimal. So long as you are committed to having a plan and open to what I try may not work and I may need to take the next step and the next step and the next step and the idea being open to the idea that the lifestyle you've developed and that you've built you don't actually just like have a god-given right to have that life okay so literally in the middle of filming i my camera ran out of battery and i was getting really hungry anyway i noticed i was starting to like skip over parts of the story and just was getting super tired so instead we are now making lunch and i'm gonna come back i'm gonna finish look at this bread meals i made this one is perfect. It's just like so. Oh, I made a second one too. And I'm all sad because I'm going to make a chicken sandwich. And I have to use bread that I had made like two days ago. And I want this fresh bread. But I can't waste the bread. So. Chicken, chipotle mayo by Primal Kitchens, avocado, cucumber, just like lettuce, right? Like on bread. It's just, cause it's so simple, it's so good. I'm back. By the way, you can, you can order this mug. I, I send them to clients based in the US when they get their periods back and you can also buy it um, online. So. Just so you know, it's at our store. I'll put the link in the description too. So as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by my camera's storage. I guess this is a long video. You don't have the right <laughs> to like tell your body, we can achieve this much and this is what I'm gonna give you to do it. This is the problem that so many women are dealing with with their health. It might not, it may not manifest in HA. It might manifest in different ways, in PCOS, in unexplained infertility, in extreme menstrual cramping. We as a culture need to stop telling ourselves how we're supposed to look, what we're supposed to weigh, and how much we're supposed to be able to handle on our plate. And it wasn't until I finally made those changes that I got the period back okay and this was such a good reminder to me about why I started this work because that also wasn't my reality when I got my first recovery period it wasn't as simple as just eating more it took more for me I remember with that one it took me stopping doing work on the weekends and I got into this because I just realized that it was just so much more than stopping exercise and eating more. That is foundational. That is important. But when we are at a point where the cycle's still not coming back, we're still gaining and gaining weight, no signs of progress, there's more to look at. And I think for many, many people, that more might really be a stress-related component. So look into that get life coaching, work with someone. That's part of why like what we do is we do so much more than just like 
look at your chart and review your food. We really care about what's going on in your life because that's a key indicator here. So I hope that this story was a like was helpful in seeing that it's not easy for everyone. If you have a propensity to miss your cycle, to have amenorrhea, it's probably always going to be something that you need to be aware of. And just trust that if you listen to your gut, if you ask yourself, what would the coach version of you say, you will find your way out. But if you keep holding on to the the fear and the habits and the addictions, you're just going to stay stagnant. And I can't wait to bring this experience back into my coaching. And I love the ability to have empathy and compassion for other people and for my clients because I went through it myself and I continue to go through it. And it is okay that this happens to you, but what's not okay is that you don't take action to get out of it. Like that's staying still and not making changes to your life or to your nutrition or whatever the main issue is. Staying still is not getting you where you think it's getting you. You think. Like your brain is telling you, stay still, don't move, and we won't be in danger or the bad thing won't happen. But actually, the bad thing is happening and you're in danger. So keep moving. Keep doing the next action and keep seeing the lack of progress as a sign that you need to take the next action. So yay, I'm excited. I have my beard back. Inside of the HA Society, I was able to change my status back to I'm recovered from I'm postpartum. I did have some cycle parameters that I obviously need to work on. I don't know what my follicular phase is yet. Obviously, when you haven't had a period for a long time, you don't know what the what your follicular phase looks like. But I do know I ovulated. It looked really good. My temps looked good. My luteal phase was short. Unsurprising. Like here I am having a, a lunch coffee. So I have some things to work on. I will reduce coffee. That has already begun. That is a part of it. I will be diligently doing some things with my nutrition, with my eating, my protein intake, my my meal timing, my blood sugar. I'm not a big snacker, so I'm gonna incorporate that a little more and really just see how when stress is just so big for me. Like I am so so sensitive to stress. I just don't get it. Like I just don't understand. But introducing some adaptogens to help me with that, but also just making some huge changes to my life and how I experience joy and happiness and how I don't overload my plate with to-dos and delegating to our team. Those are the types of things that are really going to help me. So I'll keep you guys updated now that I have my cycle with how those luteal phase changes go. I help women impact and resolve luteal phase issues all of the time. So I'm completely confident that I can get it up there. It was seven days. (laughs) It was really short. So I'm so excited to see how this next one goes. Yeah. I hope this was helpful. Let me know what you think. If you have any questions, absolutely. Hey there, it's me, Danny, And I want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients. 
because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify your whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and and use um, AFHASociety at the checkout, That will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is of course dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there but i may even recommend it for just everyone in general get your husbands on it get your partners on it if you have a history of ha and add on top of that maybe a history of the pill maybe you've been pregnant before you know through treatments or other like you've just your body's been through anything you know you're absolutely 100 percent dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my 
favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women. Happy to answer them in the comments below. And we will see you guys next week for another episode. Bye.